0: hello welcome to another episode of Eerie series. I'm Luna and I'm Tasha.
1: We are Paraverse Live's creepy sister and we are here for all things Eerie.
0: Today you better grab your popcorn because we're looking into some movies with real life inspiration crimes and stories that'll definitely send chills down your spine next time you watch these films or last time you watch these films if you're curious
1: Yeah because obviously not everyone's going to have seen everything.
0: No, well, we're, actually, just... <laughs> we're just horror buffs. <laughs> Definitely. And some of the films that I'm looking at aren't actually, like, mainstream films, so some of them aren't from the UK or America, so might not have been seen. Yeah. Well, do you want to start, or should I? Yeah, Oh, if you want, I'll start with the first one. Oh, okay. So, the first film I'm going to talk about comes from a country that is very dear to my heart. Now, when you think of this country you will think of koalas, nature, Steve Irwin and Danny Rick. All things beautiful, jolly and happy. And then comes Wolf Creek. Mm. So this was a film about a serial killer that stalked and preyed on three tourists and was pretty gruesome in the meantime as he harassed them, terrorised them. I'm trying not to give too much away for the films. I think it's going to be quite difficult, isn't it, to talk about these films without giving yeah, a lot I away. Yeah, this should
1: go out with a very big spoiler alert, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> a bit late, <light>, but still. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, I haven't given away the whole story yet, but if you haven't seen Wolf Creek, I would definitely turn your ears away, away now. So this film isn't an exact rendition of this story. It does take heavy inspiration, though. But the story of the film is that you have three friends that are all travelling. Two are from the UK and one is actually from Australia. They are travelling around the outback. So they break down and they meet this man and he seems like a friendly local. And he's like, look, I've got a junkyard. that has got loads of stuff in and I have all the stuff you need basically to fix your car. So come with me and we'll have a look at your car for you. So they do, obviously thinking that maybe it's just nice. And they have a drink with him. Wake up the next day. One of them's tied to a tree on her own. It follows the story of obviously one of them, and she ends up finding a friend who's being used as dart practice. For oh my knives. god! <gasps> <gasps> Not practice, yeah. Um, so she actually manages to get a friend out, and then they spend the rest of the film basically being hunted down by this guy. And then the third friend, the Australian guy, he was completely separate to them, tied up on almost like a crucifix. And he ends up being accused of what happens to them. Oh, my God. That's grim. It really is. And the worst bit is, though, of all the three films I talk about, actually, no, this one's probably the second most inspired, but this one is very heavily inspired by some real-life killings called The Backpacker Killings. Oh, I no, I think I've heard of them, but I don't know any details. Hmm. So, the backpacker killings happened between the years of 1989 and 1993. With the first two victims, they were found by runners in the Balango State Forest in 1992. Um, So, one had been stabbed repeatedly, and the other had been shot multiple times, which is where the scene where he's using one of them as like knife practice. They think that that might have actually happened to one of the victims. And as, as time progressed, they started looking further and further on. And they ended up finding more bodies. I couldn't get an exact number on how many they found, but they did find quite a lot of bodies, just different parts around Australia, different states, different states of decomposition. So they kept looking. And eventually they started looking into some of the fresher ones, I suppose. And they started realizing there was a bit of an MO to the way that he was doing things. So it was obviously tourists, usually, and it was the way that he was killing them. So then fortunately, there was one person who had actually survived and escaped. So what they did was they brought him in because they were like, look, your case seems very similar to these. And he managed to help them find who was doing it. And then a chap called Ivan Milat was charged with seven killings, but they suspect that he did actually do a lot more, but they couldn't link all of them to him. Yeah. And then there was kind of another similar story as well that inspired it where you had a couple, two English backpackers. They again came across someone who claimed he was having car trouble and he wasn't actually having car trouble, but obviously that was his way of baiting them. They went to help. They ended up waking up, being tied up, bound and gagged. The woman fortunately escaped, but sadly, the man, whose name was Peter Falcon, no one knows what happened to him still to this day. So he's missing. Still missing. Oh Obviously my God. suspected that it's been that long now. And that was in oh 2005. <sighs> wow. Yeah. And that was a sad. man called Bradley John Murdoch.
1: Oh, my God. So that's Wolf Creek then. See, I'm sure I remember watching that film, but my brain is not letting me remember it properly.
0: I think if you I'm saw like- the guy, you'd probably remember it. It's like a very familiar, mm. distinct face. Yeah. I think I remember watching it years ago, but I can't quite place it. I watch a lot of films. <laughs> There was also a TV show that was inspired by Wolf Creek as well. Now, Wolf Creek is an actual fat place in Australia. Oh, okay. And that's obviously where the name came from. Oh, that makes sense. So what's your story? Okay, I went with,
1: obviously, my all-time favourite film, Scream. (laughs) Because I had to. I had to. I know. We were both kind of like, do we do it? Do I do it? Do you want to do it? Shall I do it? <laughs> I just went straight in there because I was like, yeah, I need to know. Because as much as I've loved this film for many, many years, I've never actually looked into it. Like, never. So this was new to me. This mm. is brand new information.
0: <laughs> okay. Scream, Scream has a very good plot. The plot being the cast, the whole cast. But good plot. Yes.
1: Yes. I did not know this had a real-life inspiration. I'm sure we've all seen it, but this film is about a small town being terrorised by technically two serial killers who go on a rampage and butcher a bunch of teenagers. Little did I know it had a very sinister inspiration. In August 1990, in Gainesville, Florida, a man named Daniel Harold Rowling went on a vile murder spree and took the lives of five innocent people over the short span of three days. He targeted... Young Females and his choice of weapon was a... Okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's, <laughs> it is dash B A, and it's apparently a fighting utility knife. So I had to Wikipedia it. I could not find out what it was. I didn't know how to say it. So if anyone, anyone knows how to say it, someone please send me something in. <laughs> so, his choice of weapon was a ba or fighting utility knife. And without going into too much detail because... This crime was horrific to me. It was really bad. On Friday the 24th of August, 1919, Rowling broke into the shared university campus apartment of two young girls aged 17 and 18. He sexually assaulted and killed them both. Before leaving their apartment, he posed them in strange positions and then took a shower. What? Oh, no. (laughs) He literally took a shower before leaving.
0: That's so stupid. Like, that's just DNA everywhere.
1: Oh, this guy was stupid. On Saturday the 25th, Rowling broke into the home of another young girl. Upon finding she wasn't in, he waited for her. He proceeded to sexually assault her and brutally murder her. After he left, he thought he may have dropped his wallet at the young girl's home, so he went back to the crime scene. While he was there, he decapitated her and posed her body into a sitting position at the end of the bed and placed her head on the shelf opposite her body. What? Now this second girl, yeah. <laughs> this second girl was um she was going to university. She was 18 and she also had a job at the sheriff's office. And then unfortunately the people that found her were her colleagues. Ah uh, yeah it was really sad. This whole thing's just horrible. On Monday the 27th Rowling broke into yet another home and found a male living there. While the guy tried to fight him off, Rowling stabbed him and left him for dead in his bed. The female roommate, upon hearing the commotion, tried to barricade herself in her room. But unfortunately, Rowling fought his way in. He stabbed her multiple times and killed her. It seems other than the male in the last residence, Daniel Rowling had been targeting petite white brunettes. Not my description, by the way, which is apparently similar to his mom, which I think is a bit sketchy, a bit weird. Don't know why he'd be doing that. But (laughs) Daniel Harold Rowling was sentenced to death in 1994 for the Gainesville murders. He later admitted to killing three more people in his hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. He also admitted he tried to murder his own father by shooting him twice. His last meal was lobster tail, shrimp, a baked potato, strawberry cheesecake and sweet tea. His motive? To be a superstar like Ted Bundy. How fucking gross is that guy?
0: In the wise words of Bailey Sarian, get better idols.
1: Yes. Like, oh my God, his literal motive was just to be a superstar. And like, Ted Bundy wasn't a superstar. He was a nasty, disgusting murderer.
0: Write a book. Do a song. Contribute something to society. That's how you become yeah. a
1: superstar. God, Yeah, this guy was gross He was really, really gross I didn't give out all the details But you can find details on him online Because yeah. there was a lot more detail In some of the crime scene He posed all of his victims In strange ways as well Not just the girl at the end of her bed He posed all of them strangely Other than the guy hmm. Yeah, it was really weird Really, really weird That really is Yeah. Wow
0: So who else you got or what else you got? (laughs) So I actually have a slightly lesser-known film, but it's by a very, very famous director. So as I'm sure a lot of people remember, when the South Korean film won the Oscar for Parasite, according to a lot of people, that wasn't actually the director's best film. So he did actually do a film in 2003 called Memories of Murder. And basically this film is a storytelling film about south korea's first serial killer oh wow yeah it actually looks really good in my opinion to be honest i like in south korea some of the films and tv shows that have come out of there are just so creative if i'm honest like i've actually watched a lot of them like if you can if you can obviously i personally don't you know speak any other languages than english and bad french so i obviously have to use the subtitles or dubs but Honestly, the writing and the creativity of them is just phenomenal. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Mm. But this film, it basically, it was written, yeah, about South Korea's first serial killer and the police officers that are trying to chase him. So this serial killer has actually been referred to as South Korea's Zodiac Killer because of the way that he taunted the police and the way he killed his victims. Oh, wow. so mm-hmm. would you say he's a copycat of the
1: original Zodiac or did he come before the Zodiac?
0: No, he's about, um, he came after the Zodiac. Oh, okay. But very, very similar story. So I I got to pre-apologise now if I get his name wrong. I mean, I mean all the disrespect to him physically possible, but I don't want to dis- disrespect any of any South Korean listeners we have. But the man is named Lee Chun Jae. And he mm-hmm. was born January thirty first in nineteen sixty three, and he was actually only convicted of one killing. So he killed and assaulted his sister in law, but he was actually linked to and has openly confessed to many other murders. So he grew up pretty normally, actually. Um, you know, through his life, he only really had some minor charges for like robbery. Mm-hmm. And then came what happened to his sister-in-law. So his wife left him in 1993. And so he invited over his 18-year-old sister-in-law and then he drugged, sexually assaulted and killed her. And apparently he was even so brazen as to go to his father-in-law and offer help looking for the sister-in-law, because at the time it was initially thought that she'd been abducted because people didn't know what happened to her and they didn't realise that she had been murdered. So they investigated her for being missing and thought that she would still turn up alive. Mm. So he actively helped look for her, even though he knew what
1: happened to her. You know what? In all of these things, you know when there's a like search party, the police always, always should check the search party because the killer always goes to help. Every single time I have seen this happen, they have always gone to go and help.
0: Yeah, so I suppose Every it's to a, like, avoid suspicion, isn't it? Like you think, ah, oh, yeah, you know. But to me, that just—I'd suspect
1: everyone there. Yeah, definitely. Seriously, it's so it—it it is. It's the word you say. It's brazen, isn't it? <laughs> mm,
0: definitely. so he he was eventually arrested a couple of days later after i think they found some evidence that linked him to the case and they repeatedly questioned where she where his sister-in-law was and the only thing he kept asking was how many years do you serve for rape and murder (laughs) that was that was all he had to say on the matter was how many years do you serve for this was that before he'd even admitted to anything yeah, this is before he admitted to anything. So he denied any responsibility and... <laughs> yeah. He denied it and then asked that? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. What a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, yeah, when he'd asked that, apparently he'd sort of confessed and then his lawyers basically turned it around and said that police had forced him to confess so they overturned their conviction. Oh, my God. But then... He was then sentenced to death in 1994 and his conviction was upheld of September of the same year. But then the Supreme Court of South Korea refused the case in 1995 and his death sentence was reduced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 20 years. And then. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. so it gets worse. That's the problem. Um, so, unknown to everyone up until as late as 2019, this is how recent what? things have been coming out about this case. Oh my God. Yep. Um for a period of about 4 years and 7 months, um Lee Chun Jai, then in his 20s, committed a group of serial killings in Huaisong. I've probably butchered that again, I'm sorry about that. Um which were a series of <laughs> rapes and murders that occurred in the rural city of Huaisong. The victims, all women, were found bound, gagged, raped, and most cases strangled to death with their own clothes. Um oh, wow. Yeah, this case actually was one of the biggest in South Korean history, and apparently about two million man hours were spent investigating this. Wow! Mm. Because it was so random, there was no rhyme or reason to it. There was just random women. It was like a certain pattern. There wasn't like a certain group or anything like that. He would just get random women and do this to them. So oh, it was he really sounds like, he sounds like an opportunities
1: opportunist. <laughs> Ignore me and my terrible speaking. But yeah, he just did it when he could. He got the opportunity to do something. There was no. He didn't attack a certain type or age or. Anything.
0: Wow. They're the scariest ones, though, I think, because how yeah. are you supposed to find them? Exactly. But in this case, yeah, over 21,000 suspects were investigated in this case. Wow. Mm-hmm. And actually that remained was unsolved. Lot. For... <laughs> yeah. And it remained unsolved for 30 years. Until Lee himself went, yeah, that was me. What made him do that? Wow. I mean, at least he admitted it. Yeah, but he could never so be tried still for searching, it. you know. Mm. But because the um, statue of limitations expired, he couldn't be arrested for any of them formally. What? That's why he confessed in 2019, apparently. The statue of limitations expired. So can't can't arrest him for it legally. Holy shit, that clever little shit.
1: Well, to be fair, um, if he's
0: admitted to it, it's not going to stop,
1: you know, random people going after him, is it? Definitely not. So as of November 2020, he's still in prison. So he hasn't Nothing had his problem. in that, by the way. Just, just saying. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no vigilanteism. <laughs> okay. Oh <dear>. and- <laughs> Oh, no. I'll leave
1: you to it. I'm sorry. Carry on. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was the horrible story of Lee Sung Chan, but the film Memories of Murder, which is actually very, very creatively written by an Oscar-winning director. Oh. Might have to go on the list, the ever-growing list. The list. I would recommend it. He's actually really, really talented. Mm. Okay. So my next one is... Oh, this one really gives me the chills.
1: The Strangers. This film is terrifying alone without knowing the horrific real life inspiration for it. This film is about a couple who go to stay at a remote house in the middle of nowhere to spend some quality time together. A knock at the door late at night turns into the most gruesome and harrowing night of their lives.
0: Have you seen The Strangers? Yeah, I have. Yeah, with the people with the masks and she's like, why have you done this? And they're like, because you were in.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. It is chilling. It, oh, yeah. Mm. No spoilers here, but oh, my God. Watch the film The Strangers if you're a horror fan. Okay. okay. So, The Strangers was written and directed by Brian Bertino. If that's how you say it? I'm assuming. He says that the screenplay was influenced by three separate events. The infamous Manson murders, particularly the murder of actress Sharon Tate, The Manson family was a commune, gang and cult led by Charles Manson. The cult was active in the late 1960s and early 70s. The group consisted of approximately 100 followers who lived an unconventional... This seems to be a pattern in these podcasts here. Let me start that again. Okay. The group consisted of approximately 100 followers who lived an unconventional lifestyle with habitual use of drugs such as LSD in 1969 some members of the fam- hmm. some members of the Manson family broke into the home of actress Sharon Tate they brutally murdered her and four others that's the first inspiration
0: she was pregnant at the time as well wasn't she
1: yeah i heard she was
0: yeah about 6 or 7 months as well she was quite far along which is horrible it's
1: grim it's really grim Is he still alive, Charles Manson? Pretty sure he is. Is he? I don't know. I probably should have Googled that.
0: (laughs) But because it was three different things. He died in 2017. Did he? Oh, okay. Well, there we go. I'm
1: going to check what his last meal was in a minute as well. Okay. In 1981, the Keddy Cabin murders. The morning of April 12th, a 14-year-old girl returned home after a sleepover at a friend's house to find her mother, her brother and one of his friends had been killed during the night. Her two other younger brothers were also in the house with one of their friends but had been left unharmed. Another female child was missing. They later found her skull and several other bones in April 1984 at Camp 18 in California. There was a few suspects and leads for the case but to this day no one has ever been charged for the murders of this family. And to me, this, this story has always freaked me out, the Keddie Cabin murders. Hmm. Have you ever heard of it before? No. No, okay. Shane Shane Dawson did a video on it years ago. I think he was mixed in with a couple of other conspiracies he did. But that was one of the yeah. first videos I saw of his, and it freaked me out. Like they had pictures of the house and stuff. This cabin was like... It was on its own in the middle of nowhere. There was other cabins in the area, but they were like nowhere near each other. Hmm. And it was like in the woods. And apparently this killer came in, like tortured them and killed them. They were found in a horrific state when that poor girl got there. They were all dead. But when she turned up, it was, I can't even stress how horrible it was. And no one's ever been caught. And as far oh, as they God. know, there was no motive and it was completely random. It's absolutely terrifying to me, that one. It really freaks me out. Don't like hey. it. <laughs> nah, that's terrifying. And lastly, was an actual personal experience by, Bertine, Bert, by Bertino himself. One day, while home alone, a very young Bertino heard a knock at his door. He answered and three men stood on his doorstep asking after someone who clearly didn't live there. He later found out that this particular group was just checking to see if houses in the neighbourhood were empty so they could break in and steal valuables. So they're just checking. They're trying the luck. You know, if no one answered, they'd break in and rob stuff. Mm. So, yeah, that was his own one. He kind of did an opposite spin on it. But these were all real inspirations for the strangers. And... Anyone who wants to look into any of them, um, you've got the Keddie Cabin Murders, the Manson Murders, and the other one, well, that's not really a... <laughs> that's just a personal experience that give him the idea, I think. terrifying, yeah, isn't it? That the Keddie Cabin ones will... I swear to God, that story's never going away, man. That's freaked me out for a long time now, that one. i will have to look into that. I would. Just have a quick look into it, but... Not like a night. It actually gave me the spooks, that one. I was proper freaked out. <laughs> oh. hmm. So do you have any more film ones or are we going to
0: delve into the spooky stories? I actually do have one more film. Ooh. It's a quick one and it will horrify you because you have seen this film. And I know you have. Okay. So the last film that was inspired by a real life person or family, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, get
1: fucked. You know I hate that film. (laughs) It's like the worst and grossest horror film ever. I say worst. It's actually a really good horror film because it did what it was meant to do. It freaked me out, man.
0: And it's based on a real-life person from the 15th century. Oh,
1: gross. (laughs) I heard it
0: in Scotland.
1: Am I right there?
0: You are, yeah. So okay. it was a chap called Sawney Bean was based in the Highlands up in Scotland, and so he was born in East Lothian in the late 15th century and was a tanner by trade. Um, the later part of his life is better documented following his relocation across the country to Ayrshire and his marriage. So they set up home at Benanane Cave in near Ayrshire in Scotland, and it was quite an imposing abode um, with tunnels, um, penetrating solid rock and basically going in for more than a mile. Wow. Uh, so lacking in a new trade, because there wasn't really much requirement for a tanner in the middle of Scotland. Um, he what is to a tanner? Um, basically people who like do leather. Oh, So they'll yes. prep leather. Yes. I was thinking like self-tan. <laughs> I was like, they need that in Scotland. I <laughs> think they do, actually. Not much sun is there. No. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's hands leather, not people. Okay. But what he would do is, because he didn't have much of a trade, um, he would basically just rob people. And that was literally how it started. But then it dawned on him that people can't identify me if I've killed them. So he starts killing them. And um, to avoid some unnecessary trips to the shop because... I mean, from personal experience, being up in Scotland, it is not the easiest place to get around, and it's massive, of course. Um, mm. So what he did do was, to avoid having to go to any towns or anything like that, and so he didn't have to faff around the evidence, he started eating them. Oh, delightful. Mm. And mm. it was obviously a very high-protein diet because it was just people. Um, and Mrs Bean... <laughs> <laughs> began creating lots of little beans and 14 little little kids in total. They uh, had each...
1: 14 kids. Yeah,
0: all of them cannibals. Oh my oh Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then as years went on, they carried on multiplying. But as Within you can Cuba? imagine,
1: mm-hmm. oh you nasty.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> This this went on for t- over two decades. <gasps>
1: yeah.
0: They're not rodents? <laughs> yeah, literally.
1: Oh, that's gross. Yeah.
0: And then finally, eventually, the authorities found out about them. And they, you know, they started doing a long, it's like the longest missing persons lift ever ever produced. Uh, mass searches were carried out, but obviously no one could find them because they were eaten. Um, and... Oh, People basically couldn't get one up on them, similar to Hills of Ice. You just couldn't get one up on them. Um, no mm. matter uh, what you did, they'd always be weirdly one step ahead of you, even though they yeah, were they know all...
1: the land and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's their land, I think isn't that's, it? That's
1: what that's what helped them in that film is they knew the ins and outs of all that land,
0: literally. Yeah, you no. Know. And then eventually, um, King James I promptly arrived in Ayrshire with a band of soldiers to basically hunt them down. So what they did was they had to just slowly move in and they used dogs to smell the smell of the decaying flesh. And then they just slowly, slowly caught, caught up to them, basically cornered them into Banner 9 Cave. And then after a brief fight, 48 of that family were arrested, marched off to Edinburgh by the King himself, and... Um, their crimes considered so heinous that the normal justice system was abandoned and the entire family was sentenced to death. Uh, the following day, 27 men of the family met a fate similar to that of many of their victims, having their legs and arms cut off and being left to slowly bleed to death, watched by their women, and then the women Jesus. were murdered. Yeah. 48 of them, though. That's how many times they've duplicated. They started oh, my off- God, that's grim. I know. Ah. Yeah. This week, we're not eerie <laughs> theories, we're horrible histories. <laughs> we'll
1: have to do that one separate one day. We'll look into some gruesome stuff. Mm. Yeah, oh, that was great. Grim. Grim. I thought you get much worse. You know what? I actually hate that film.
0: <laughs> 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 fucking hate that film. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, I knew you did, so I thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hate it.
1: Do we want some? two sentence horror stories yeah i want to see what gems you've got okay we got quite a few so it was just in case we had some of the same because we don't tell each other these before we do it we like the actual shock factor mm, so let's hope we don't have any of the same ones so we just have to be like oh no i'll just skip that one <laughs> okay this one freaked me out okay after years of being taken care of at home i finally regained my sight but now I have to pretend to still be blind while I try to figure out who these people are and what they've done to my family.
0: Oh! Right! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Can you imagine that though, being blind for years and then. Ooh. Yeah, nope, nope. Gives me the ick. Mm, definitely not. Do you want me to do another one? Yeah, I've got one. Okay. Okay. Are you afraid of the dark? That was the last thing I heard before the light bulb shattered behind me. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh no.
1: They say when you get a random shiver down your spine, it's someone walking over your future burial spot. I get them non stop when my husband walks over a certain spot in our garden.
0: Oh! <laughs>
1: Tasha's rethinking the marriage. <laughs> She's like, Do I want to get married?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Thought I've got pretty dark. My daughter's smiling face greeted me from the driveway as I returned home from a hard day. Where's the rest of her? Oh, my fucking Jesus. Oh, oh, oh no, don't all that. Nope, nope. Oh, just as like we read that story, one of my cats just walked along and brushed on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh my god Oh, My heart just fell out of my stomach
1: <laughs> Did your heart fall out of your ass, huh. Yeah <laughs> oh. okay. As I was sitting in the basement for my last Zoom call of this semester It's clear none of my classmates know Morse code Do you get it? She's sitting in the basement for a Zoom call Oh, oh yeah, shit Oh. Mm. Yeah, that one's another kind of. It, it just gives you the ick after you've like dawned on yourself. Yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah.
0: Mm. So this, this one's quite scary given recent events. After years of research and hard work, we'd finally done it. We'd made it contagious.
1: Whoa. I don't want any of them COVID conspiracy people coming at us. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> leave us be <laughs> we're not about that no your jobs okay I sat there shocked watching the camera footage of a man breaking into my home then I realised I never saw him leave oh yeah see some of these I got from like TikTok videos so they've got like bits of the video in it and it seems a lot more it's easier with the visual I think mmm yeah definitely mm. but yeah mm. Mm.
0: No matter how much we fight, my wife will always prepare my coffee in the morning. Though this time, it did taste a little like almonds.
1: Oh, that's some kind of poison. What is it?
0: Uh, um, arsenic, I think. Is it arsenic? I think so. Cyanide. Cyanide. Okay. Cyanide tastes like almonds. I
1: suppose you'd only taste it once. Who told anybody? <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. I have one more serious one. Hmm. And then the last one I found just for you because oh, I know gosh. you'll get it and you're gonna love it Okay gosh. yeah so this is one more actual scary story and the next one's just I thought was silly okay. I found my notebook containing my college essay on the government brainwashing people and making them forget things. The strangest part is I never went to college what. <laughs> That one's good, isn't it?
0: <laughs> that one is.
1: And if you're into that kind of thing, head over to our sister channel, Illuminate Me. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, have you got mm-hmm. one more? And then I will read you my very silly, amazing one. <laughs> and yeah, I'll remember. I one more. Bear this in mind, the last one I've got, yeah, is actually in the midst of a video that was two sentence horror stories. hmm all fully right, just then. in there with all these proper ones. Okay, so you go and then I'll do mine. Alright um,
0: Growing up with cats and dogs, I got used to the sound of scratching at my door while I slept. Now that I live alone, it's much more unsettling.
1: Uh, no, don't that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Hey, here we go. My mum finally let me borrow her white Valentino bag. Don't you think red lipstick would look good with this? <laughs> Tell me that isn't the best best one I can't believe it was in there (laughs) Shout out to the TikTok user That put this one in there Because you are fucking amazing
0: (laughs) i got a really good short one Go on on. It is. It is not Wednesday My (laughs) (laughs) dude. Oh, God.
1: That's brilliant. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. If you have any more, go for it. If not, I'm going to try and find the next spooky
0: story on the list we have. I've got one last one. Okay. When I smile, she did not smile back. Something's very wrong with this mirror. Oh, my
1: God. Oh, I hate mirror stuff.
0: Uh, Same. I'm sat next to a big mirror and that terrifies me. I didn't want to look at the mirror then. I was like, nope, not gonna look, not gonna look. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. So, okay. Find
1: it. I'll go first while you sort your one. Okay, I'm gonna be reading number four, Seeing Red, The First Day of School by Zen Rahaya. Everyone loves the first day of school, right? New year, new classes, new friends. It's a day full of potential and hope before all the dreary depressions of reality show up to ruin all the fun. I like the first day of school for a different reason though. You see, I have a sort of power. When I look at people, I can sense an aura around them, a coloured outline based on how long that person has to live. Most everyone I meet around my age is surrounded by a solid green hue, which means they have plenty of time left. A fair amount of them have a yellow orangish tinge to their auras, which tends to mean a car crash or some other tragedy. Anything that takes people before their time, as they say. The real fun is when the auras venture into red. Every now and again, I'll see someone who's basically a walking spotlight. Those are the ones who get murdered or kill themselves. It's such a rush to see them and know their time is numbered. With that in mind, I always get to class very early, so I can scout out my classmates' fates. The first kid who walked in was basically radiating red, I chuckled to myself. Too damn bad, bro. But as people kept walking in, they all had the same intense glow. I finally caught a glimpse of my rose-tinted reflection in the window, but I was too stunned to move. Our professor stepped in and locked the door, his aura a sickening shade of green.
0: Oh! Oh my god.
1: Hmm.
0: That's, that's actually pretty messed up. It is? Hmm.
1: I'm kind of like, that's oh. grim. Yeah. So his professor was gonna kill him.
0: All of them, by the looks of it.
1: Oh yeah, the first kid he worked in was red. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. The professor was gonna kill them all. Mhm. God damn. I oh.
0: know. Oh,
1: anyway, you've got number five. Mumbo. have. Five.
0: Yeah, so I'm obviously reading number five, which is they got <coughs> the definition <coughs> wrong by Louis. I've probably got that wrong. Louis. Kind of. That's. Yeah. Kind of, looks about right. <laughs> It has been said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I understand the sentiment behind the saying, but it's wrong. I entered the building on a bet. I was strapped for cash and didn't buy into the old legends of the hotel to begin with. So 50 quid was more than enough to get me to do it. It was simple. Just reach the top floor, the 45th floor, shine my flashlight from a window, that's it. The hotel was old and broken, including the elevator, so that meant hiking upstairs. So up the stairs I went. As I reached each platform, I noted the old brass plaques displaying the floor numbers 15, 16, 17, 18. I felt a little cr- tired as I crept up higher. But so far, no ghosts, no cannibals, no demons. Peace cake. I can't tell you how happy I was as I entered that last stretch of numbers. I joyfully counted them aloud each platform. Forty. Forty-one. Forty-two. Forty-three. Forty-four. Forty-four. I stopped and looked down the stairs. I must have miscounted. So I continued up to forty-four. One more flight. Forty-four. And then down ten flights. Forty-four. Fifteen flights. Forty-four. And so, it's been for as long as I can remember. So really, insanity isn't doing something repeatedly and expecting different results. It's knowing that the results will never, ever change. That each door leads to the same staircase to the same number. It's realising that you no longer fall asleep. It's not knowing whether you've been running for days or weeks or years. It's when the sobbing slowly turns into laughter. Holy
1: shit. (laughs) That one was good. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
1: Whoa. That left me with, like, proper chills. Yeah, so he basically just got lost in the stairs, or he like, well not he didn't get lost and just get stuck on the same staircase, but he died. Mm. Is what I'm assuming. His
0: ghost is just like walking around. I'd say I think so. Yeah. Whoa,
1: that that these stories blow my mind (laughs) every time. Yeah, like whoa. Wow, I have just seen we have... This is going to be our longest episode so far. I do, much, oh no, I
0: do wonder how much... I know. I do wonder how much next is going to wear it out, though.
1: <laughs> All of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up there. Definitely. I don't think there's any pictures we need to put on the Instagram this... We might do. We might find some pictures to put on the Instagram for you guys if you want to see some. We'll put some up there. If not, if you want to contact us through Paraverse... On Instagram or Facebook, there is also a TikTok as well, Paraverse Live. It's got the same name on everything. So uh, also leave us to... a like and a review or even a comment. That'd be really cool to see any of the comments. Because we were looking through to see where all the views were. And a lot of you guys are from like different mad places in America. And obviously, we're like in little old England here. So <laughs> it'd be cool to see some people just yeah, say definitely. Hi.
0: Yeah, we don't bite much
1: <laughs> <You creep>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep Tasha away from you guys don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that beautiful note we'll see you later bye bye bye, bye.